sometimes we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the February 2nd edition of the sunny side of sports. In African men's football, Algeria will host Senegal in Saturday's final at the African Nations Championship or CHAN tournament for home-based players. The three-week competition has attracted international scouts, and according to some African football analysts, that's a sign the tournament is growing in prestige. Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with one such analyst, Emmanuel Okara. The fact that football agents are now flooding the ongoing chant tournament in Algeria shows that the championship has come of age in terms of its appeal to football scouts and, of course, the quality of talents being churned out. Incidentally, top-grade African talents currently playing their trade at the upper echelons of club football in Europe and elsewhere also cut their teeth from the census where the current crop of talents were discovered. The only difference between the domestic league players in the African continent and their foreign-based colleagues are their level of exposure, top-grade facilities, solid welfare package, and job security. My fear is that these green-eyed talents should be wary of the antics of unscrupulous football agents who are also on the prowl, just like any other well-intentioned agent. Do you know if players who played in previous Chan tournaments made it to top football at home or abroad? I cannot specifically mention outstanding players from previous Chan tournaments who eventually made it big in their football career, but I strongly believe many of them were able to reap bountifully from their hard work and the professional services of their agents. At the same time, some may have fallen by the wayside through bad management, loss of form, and what have you. But if you ask me to rate the level of success of such talents from the previous tournaments, I will rate it at 50%. Emma, World Football Governing Body, FIFA, has recognized Chan. What does it mean for African football? It was actually the 2014 Chan tournament in South Africa that FIFA recognized the championship in its calendar. It was announced by then CAF president, Mr. Isa Ayatu, in a briefing in Bloemfontein. To authenticate the official recognition of the tournament, FIFA used the performances from countries that participated to rate them in their monthly rankings. And uh, from then on, the competition has continued to grow in leaps and bounds. And uh, incidentally, you and I covered that tournament together when we were working for the news agency of Nigeria. That's African football analyst Emmanuel Okara. And Emma spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Lagos, Nigeria. For more on the international scouts at the Chan tournament in Algeria, 
Here's Samson Omale. The Biennial Tournament, exclusively for players who currently ply their trade in their own nation's domestic league, represents an opportunity for local stars to test their mettle in a continental contest and against Africa's finest home-based players. The tournament has proven to be a rich hunting ground for heads of recruitment, player agents, and scouts from around the world. Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa Chief Scout Estrom Nyandoro says the their scouting mission of looking for a striker in the Chan tournament is yielding positive results. At this moment in time, we came with a specific uh, position that we're looking for, uh, of course, which is a striker, but not just any striker. We've seen so many good uh, uh, strikers in this tournament, but there's a specific striker that we need at Sundance, at Monero Sundance Football Club. And, and, and that features our, our attributes, uh, what we are looking for, and, um, but not to close in any other position. Uh, I think we, we have seen so many good players in different positions. And now to Liberia, where the Liberian Football Association has named former Paris Saint-Germain youth coach Ansu Keita as the new coach of the country's national team. Keita will manage the Lyon star for the next two years with a mandate to qualify the country to the 2025 Africa Cup of Nations finals. Outside the overall mandate, Coach Keita speaks of his expectation as coach of the Lyon star. My plan is to make that world competitive. Our team should be... Uh, recognized by our DNA, how we play. And so I want the world to know that Labroa is now on a different direction. And the direction is for greatness. We will play good football. We will change everything around us to make it positive. And we will partake and we will be committed. You know, competitive with other countries. Football is about scoring goals, and Coach Gator says if they prepare well enough against their opponents, getting the results and qualifying for the 2025 Nations Cup will be an easy task for the team. The medic right now, it may be uh, unrealistic, but it also can be realistic. It depends on how well we prepare ourselves. The result will come, and we will try to bring the result. This is football, I will repeat. Football is very fast. And it depends on how you prepare yourself. So we're going to get ourselves prepared. And we have no excuse. That's Ansu Keita, the new head coach of Liberia's national men's football team, the Lone Star. And thanks to Samson Omale for that report. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington. And you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. VOA Africa is your trusted source for news, sports, entertainment, and music. Stay engaged with VOA Africa. We love to hear your voice. You can call us 24-7 on WhatsApp and leave a message. Leave comments, requests, or greetings. We may play your message on VOA Africa. Dial the international code plus one, then 202-258-3076. VOA Africa is always happy to hear your voice. The number again is the international code plus one, then 202-258-3076. 
former South African football star Jomo Sono has secured the African rights to distribute a performance tracking device that's already being used by some of the world's top clubs. In this encore sunny side of sports feature presentation, Darren Taylor tells us more from Johannesburg. Jomo Sono made his name in the early 1970s, playing for Soweto Giants Orlando Pirates. He was a fearsome tackler, a powerful striker of the ball, a dribbler of note, and had sublime passing skills. But Sono had the misfortune of being at the peak of his powers when apartheid was also at its height. South Africa was an international pariah, so he never got a chance to represent his country on the world stage. But Sono's skills were simply too good to ignore. European giants Juventus and Sporting Lisbon each offered him a contract, but the governments of both Italy and Portugal denied him work permits. He's convinced that 1970s Europe just wasn't ready for black African players. But America was. In 1977, Sono joined New York Cosmos, where he created goal after goal for legendary Brazilian striker Pele. Today, Sono's a businessman and technical director for the South African Football Association. I'm renowned for unearthing a lot of youngsters from the dusty streets of all the black townships. And one of them will be appearing soon, who I discovered was 15 years old, and I took him all the way to England. That was two years ago. It was during this visit to the United Kingdom that Sono saw the player maker in action for the first time. He decided he'd be the one to bring it to Africa. Sono's son and current Cosmos midfielder, Masilele, describes player maker as a talent scout driven by artificial intelligence. It's motion sense based technology. It is a wearable football technology that goes on your boot. It is completely comfortable that you do not feel that it is completely durable. It has a five hour recording time with a three hour charging time. So what it does is takes the statistics and technical balances and data of all the players that use the device on the football pitch so they can see how many times the player has passed the ball, how many times the player has received the ball, which foot the player is receiving the ball on, his kick velocity. So it really takes in all the data that your normal GPS tracking vest would not give you. It would just give you distance covered and where the player is on the pitch. But this actually gives you what the player is doing with and without the ball at all times. Masilele explains that the player maker incorporates something called gait tracking. This constantly examines a player's body position, how he runs, how he moves, to pick up any anomalies. It helps coaches in terms of injury prevention and in helping the player grow technically on the ball to say that, no, look, this week your pass average was very low, we'd like you to work in terms of this, or your sprint speed has slowed down, are you injured? We'd like you to get more passes and get on the ball more, you know. So this really helps you just fine print all the finer details of the game. It's not really a hindrance in terms of you taking out the personal aspect. It's just adding an element that will help the player grow. Manchester City and Liverpool are just two of the top clubs using the player maker. Strapped to the outside of a boot, 
it uses algorithms to analyze data, which is visualized for players and coaches to review on a tablet or phone. After a match, the boot sensor is connected to an app to access insights on 15 unique performance indicators, including physical data and leg balance. Masilele says PlayerMaker allows players to be their own coaches. It just makes the workload just a bit more easier for someone to come say, look, this is what I've done for the week. These are my statistics. This is my run distance. This is my pass average. You know, my playing tempo, how many times I play one touch, how long I hold on to the ball. Sono's senior winks and gestures towards his son. He's also been using it and ever since he used it, it's improved. Eh? He's even scored now lately. The PlayerMaker device currently costs around $250, including a one-year subscription to the app. In African terms, this is expensive. Sono says it's worth it, considering that in South Africa, for example, parents are spending a lot of rands on football coaching. Parents are paying 5000 per month to keep their children at some of the soccer clubs in this country. 5000 per month to play and train football. I'll rather buy this as a parent. And then every time my, my son comes back, I'll take this, put in the computer, and look and say, let's work on this. This week we work on your speed, we work on your shooting, we work on your passing. You become a coach yourself. Sono says he's going to do his best to make the player maker as affordable as possible in Africa. His vision is to roll it out in youth leagues across the continent. Imagine the possibilities, says Sono, when coaches fit the device to the boots of Africa's already skillful players. Players who've never had the opportunity to use technology to enhance their skills. For the sunny side of sports, I'm Darren Taylor in Johannesburg. Thanks, Darren. VOA Sunny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. You can follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook, Twitter, and at voaafrica.com. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. My Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. And if you go to VOAAfrica.com, you can listen online to the sunny side of sports and other VOA programs. Tampa Bay Buccaneers star quarterback Tom Brady announced his retirement on Wednesday. The culmination of a 23-year National Football League career. A career that saw Tom Brady win seven, count them, seven Super Bowl championships. With more on Brady's retirement, Here's the AP's Ed Donahue. 
If this sounds familiar, Brady announced at the end of last season he was retiring. I won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. The 45-year-old has won seven Super Bowls over a 23-year career. I really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me. My family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Brady and model Giselle Bunchen finalized their divorce this past fall. He was picked 199th in the 2000 draft by the New England Patriots, behind six other quarterbacks, three kickers, and a punter. Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Tom Brady has signed a deal with Fox as a TV analyst once he retires. I'm Ed Donahue. Thanks, Ed. Brady's deal with Fox to analyze NFL games is reportedly worth more than $37 million a year. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Thanks, Heather. The Voice of America officially marked its 81st anniversary on Wednesday, and Heather's Music Time in Africa show has been a big part of our broadcasting history. In fact, Music Time in Africa is the VOA's longest-running English-language program. It was founded in 1965 by the late, great Leo the Music Man Sarkeesian. Pro basketball, eight NBA games Wednesday night in the most lopsided contest. The Boston Celtics routed the visiting Brooklyn Nets by 43 points. The AP's Greg Kadetsky reports from Boston. The Boston Celtics hit their first eight three-pointers on their way to a 139-96 win over the Brooklyn Nets. Jason Tatum scored 18 of his game-high 31 points in the first, a quarter that Boston outscored Brooklyn 46-16. I like the way we came out. Obviously, we shot the ball well, but I think just our attention uh, to, to the game plan to play the right way, and, uh, you know, we were just... We were, you could tell we were ready to go from the jump. Tatum's teammate Jalen Brown at seven threes as well and added 26 points for the Celtics, who made 26 three-pointers in the game. Greg Kadetsky, Boston. Thanks, Greg. The Minnesota Timberwolves and the Portland Trailblazers also posted victories on Wednesday night. The T-Wolves topped the defending NBA champion Golden State Warriors in overtime, as we hear now from the AP's Dave Ferry. D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards sent the Timberwolves past the Warriors, 119-114 in overtime. Russell scored 14 of his 29 points in the fourth quarter, but he fouled out one minute into OT. I was just taking what they were giving us. Um, 
you know, they, their defense is it's a lot of scheming to it, and you know they make you think and make you use your second and third option. Tonight we were trusting it um, offensively, getting quality shots, and it led to us having the energy and, and, and the will to play defense on the other end. Edwards took over after Russell left, scoring four of his 27 points in OT and providing several key plays. Minnesota forced overtime by erasing an 11-point deficit in the fourth quarter. Steph Curry had 29 points and 10 rebounds for Golden State, which had won three in a row. Jordan Poole added 18 points, and Draymond Green had 10 with 12 boards. Damian Lillard led the Trailblazers to a 122-112 comeback win over the Grizzlies. Lillard pumped in four 42 points to go with 10 assists and 8 rebounds. The game was tied at 109 until Lillard hit a 3-pointer to spark an 8-0 run. Anthony Simons chipped in 26 points in Portland's fourth win in five games. We kind of play like we've been playing the last couple games, just, you know, playing together, playing hard, and, uh, you know, live with the results. Jeremy Grant provided 18 points in the first half before leaving with concussion symptoms. Grizzlies guard John Morant just missed a triple-double with 32 points, 12 assists, and 9 rebounds. I'm Dave Ferry. Thanks, Dave. The five other winners on Wednesday night in the NBA were Philadelphia, Houston, Sacramento, Utah, and Atlanta. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA. Next up, a conversation with the chair of Exim Bank. Rita Jo Lewis tells us about her stewardship of and vision for the nation's premier export financing agency. Exim creates jobs at home and helps U.S. businesses import products from abroad. The role of Exim Bank in U.S. foreign and trade policy. That's Press Conference USA this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Thanks, Carol. The U.S. women's national soccer team has unveiled its 23-player roster for this month's She Believes Cup tournament here in the USA. The roster provides a glimpse of who might take the pitch for the Americans when they bid for their third consecutive Women's World Cup title in July in Australia and New Zealand. Veteran star Megan Rapino is back on the USA's roster after she missed two friendly matches against New Zealand last month with an ankle injury. Rapino has made 197 career appearances for the USA, and she could hit the 200-cap mark during the She Believes Cup competition. Megan Rapino is joined on the USA's roster by a couple of veterans who have passed the 200-cap mark. Defender Becky Sauerbrunn, who has made 212 international appearances, and striker Alex Morgan, who has 201 caps and 120 career goals for the USA. Trinity Rodman, the daughter of former pro basketball star Dennis Rodman, is also on the American roster. Trinity set up three goals last month when the USA beat host New Zealand 4-0 and 5-0 in friendlies. The world number one USA will kick off the She Believes Cup with a match against Canada on February 16th in Orlando, Florida. The American women will also play Japan on February 19th in Nashville, Tennessee, and Brazil on February 22nd near Dallas, Texas. Canada, Japan, and Brazil have also qualified for the 2023 Women's World Cup. 
This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. A jersey worn by the late Los Angeles Lakers basketball star Kobe Bryant went up for auction on Thursday. And as VOA's Gwen Uten tells us, the jersey is expected to fetch at least $7 million. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. Sotheby's world-renowned auction house officially opened its online bidding for Kobe Bryant's iconic L.A. Lakers jersey on Thursday. The number 24 headlines a two-part curated auction titled Zenith that features items of several athletes who have achieved unparalleled success. Brom Walker is vice president of Sotheby's and the head of streetwear and modern collectibles. He tells Reuters News the signed Lakers jersey up for auction was worn by five-time NBA champion Kobe Bryant during his 2007-2008 MVP season. So this Kobe Bryant jersey was worn 25 times over Kobe's only MVP season from media day at the very beginning to the last playoff game before the NBA Finals. It was actually worn in 25 games, and he scored 645 points in this jersey. Walter calls the autographed memorabilia the most valuable Kobe Bryant game-worn jersey of his career. He expects it to fetch as much as $7 million, a much higher figure than Bryant's number 8 jersey from his rookie season with the Lakers. Kobe Bryant items in general have had a, a lot of precedent in a very high range, so you know, a Kobe jersey from his rookie season went for $3.7 million. Another one went for $2.7 million. Uh, and we just believe this to be, you know, a really exceptional item. Um, you know, he had only one MVP season. And to have something that he wore for an eight-month period of time and scored 645 points in it, we just think is, is really exceptional. Kobe Bryant spent his entire 20-year NBA career with the L.A. Lakers before he retired in 2016. Four years later, Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, and seven others were tragically killed in a helicopter crash in the U.S. state of California. News of Bryant's death sent shockwaves across the globe. Three years later, he's still remembered as one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game. And Brom Walker says Brian's legacy will live on through a vast collection of photos and memorabilia for the lucky owner of the iconic MVP jersey. The jersey comes with a collection of memorabilia, photos, etc. that show the pervasiveness uh, of the jersey in popular culture. So it comes with a collection of photos of all the different murals that we've spotted, but it also comes with everything from trays that feature, you know, Kobe pumping his chest to you know, cups to lamps to tickets, books, all these different things that, that feature this jersey, this image of Kobe Bryant. At the start of his career, Kobe Bryant was often compared to basketball legend Michael Jordan. And while Bryant famously said, I don't want to be the next Michael Jordan, I only want to be Kobe Bryant, they are both considered two of the greatest players in NBA history. Last year, the so-called last dance jersey worn by Jordan in the 1998 NBA Finals sold for over $10 million. That jersey now holds 
holds the record for the highest amount paid for sports memorabilia, surpassing the $9 million selling price of Argentine soccer legend Diego Maradona's Hand of God jersey bought that same year. The second part of Sotheby's Zenith auction features a 1997 game photo of Michael Jordan wearing the Last Dance jersey and talking closely with none other than Kobe Bryant, an image Brom Walker describes as a passing of the torch moment between the two NBA legends. So we have an amazing uh, Michael Jordan jersey from his Last Dance season, and actually notably, uh, that Michael Jordan jersey was from a really iconic game against Kobe. Uh, so there's a really great photo of the two of them kind of uh, hunched over, talking to each other, kind of a passing of the torch moment between two of the NBA's greatest legends. In a press release, Sotheby stated that Kobe Bryant's number 24 Lakers jersey has influenced popular culture in a way seldom seen in the sports community, with countless murals and artworks depicting the late basketball sensation. Online bidding is currently underway through February 9th. Items from sports stars that include NBA player LeBron James, just retired American football quarterback Tom Brady, and Swiss former tennis player Roger Federer are also up for auction. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. And that wraps up the February 2nd edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. I get it.